0: Join me in prayer, please. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, as you have brought us together here tonight, as your people, as your church, Uh, we ask, Lord, that you will strengthen us during this time, that you will open up our ears and our minds uh, to be able to hear this word tonight, to be able to be changed by your gospel message, and to go forth as people who are taking your message of salvation unto the world. In Jesus' name we lift and pray all of these things tonight. Amen. Our gospel text for tonight is one uh, that should be very familiar to most of us here. It is a calling that is placed upon each one of us and one that I thought would be very appropriate for us to gaze upon tonight. Uh, It comes from the book of Matthew chapter 28 and it's verses 19 through 20. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So far our text for tonight. In 1889, uh, an individual came up with an idea to be able to build and create and design something that he thought the entire world would come and want to be able to gaze upon, a landmark that would be founded in a particular country. When he presented the idea, uh, people laughed at him. They said that it would be a monstrosity. They said that it would be something that people would scoff at, not come to be able to admire in any way. You would recognize the last name because his last name is Eiffel. And he goes on to create the beautiful Eiffel Tower. And as he creates this tower, people do come to see it. And they do come to gaze upon it. Even though he was told from the beginning that there was no way that it was going to be able to function. No way that people were going to be drawn into its presence. Because it would just be something that would be grotesque to the eye. In our text that we're going to get to in a minute from tonight... Jesus gives us something very, very special. But it's something that may be special to us here tonight. Uh, Others may look upon it at times and think about it being a monstrosity. Uh, They may look upon it and think, uh, I'm going to scoff at that, or that it's a, a joke for some reason. But it's something that is very, very important to us but it's also something that's part of this command that God has given to you and I tonight. This is an important meeting or gathering that you and I have here today. Uh, Thanks for coming and being here tonight to be able to take this message and to be able to do something with it for our congregation, for the church as a whole, but most importantly, because of the command that God has given to us. In the book of Matthew... Uh, Jesus is with some of his disciples, and he goes to this region of Caesarea Philippi. And when he's there, he starts to talk to his disciples about, who do people say that I am? And some people say that he is a prophet of some type. And finally, he asks them, but who do you say that I am? And he directs them in being able to say, well, uh, you are this this individual that is our our master, that is our savior. Uh, In particular, they say, you are the Messiah, Peter responds, the son of the living God. And look at Christ's response to him in verse 18 from Matthew chapter 16. He says, "And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Did you capture that promise that's in our text for tonight? Because it's important not just for Peter, but it's important for every one of you that are gathered here tonight, and me as well. That Christ gives us a special promise in that text. That he will build his church. I can't tell you exactly how Christ will build his church. I can't tell you when He will build it, but I can tell you he was always at work through all of us doing just that. It is a promise that we can bank on. Uh, Promises in our world are something that aren't always fulfilled, are they? If you are here tonight, I can only assume somebody has broken a promise to you at some point. Maybe it was in a business deal. Maybe it was in a a marriage or another relationship. Uh, Maybe it was a friend that you had. But maybe we have been that person too. Maybe there's a time when we have broken a promise to someone else. We can only assume that in our time of confession, if we did that again, we would say that, yeah, I have been that person. I have broken that promise. We're not the only ones that break promises. Uh, Satan loves to come after us in this manner, to be able to give promises that he will eventually break, that he tells you that he's going to give you a profit, but he's really going to take everything away. He tells you that he's going to give beauty to you, but he'll eventually take that all away. He promises that he's going to give us life, but in the end, he actually just wants to give us death. The promise of Christ in our text for tonight is so different. It's one that we know is going to be true. And it's one that is very special because it includes us. The Lord gives that promise unto you and I today. He can choose any manner that he wants to, to be able to build the church, to be able to share Jesus with others. And what does he choose? He chooses all of us that are here tonight to be able to do this in, with, and through him. Hear those words, not from me tonight, but from Christ. From John chapter 15, verse 16. We heard this in our Wednesday Lenten message. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Jesus has given us a a great promise that I think we need to repeat to ourselves every day. This promise of this great commission that he has chosen us to be his disciples at this place, uh, at Shepherd of the Desert, the context that we find ourselves in. Who are the people around you? that need to hear of this message of Jesus. You heard Pastor Allen mention that invite to our Easter service in just a couple of weeks. Uh, People are so open to receive that invite during this time of year. Do that for our Lord. Do that with our Lord. Reach out to those in your community for him, on his behalf, under his command and under his stead that he gives to each and every one of us. Remember that promise. I will build my church Jesus says. And it's not only a promise that he gives to us with that, but he also gives us a purpose. What's the purpose that you have in this mix? That's our gospel text. Let's hear it one more time. I don't think this verse can get um, too familiar to us. From Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Did you hear those, those first couple of words? Uh, Go and make, he says. Go and, and make. He doesn't tell us to, to stay here and just enjoy the good things that we have. He doesn't tell us to stay idle. But he puts this calling and this purpose upon our hearts. You know what the toughest and scariest thing is about this verse? is all of us uh, gather here tonight, uh, statistics will tell us that even after hearing this message, uh, less than 5% of us will go out at any point in the next year and tell someone about Christ. 95% of us listening tonight uh, will do nothing with this text. That's embarrassing. Uh, it's disheartening. It's the command, again, that Christ has given to us. And it's not just a promise. Remember, it's a, it's a purpose. He could choose any way that he wants to, to be able to deliver his word, to be able to share who his son is and hear those words again. That fruit is created because he chooses you. He wants to be able to use us to be able to grow his church. You know, tonight, if you see the musician's coming up to be able to to play, and they have instruments, you, you probably know what they're going to do. If you leave here tonight and you see some kids walking across the street and one of them has a baseball bat and a ball and the other one has a glove, I assume you know what they're probably going to do. So what about us when we go out into the community? When people see us, do they know what we are about? Do they know what we are going to do? And I know the people that are coming up here, a musician has a guitar to be able to visually show you that message. Uh, That child has a baseball and a glove to be able to show you that message. But you too have have something that God has given you to be able to show other people that message. Hear it from the book of Acts tonight, uh, chapter 1, verse 8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is so important. That's why I wanted all of us to read this together uh, tonight. So that we can know that this is the gift that God has granted unto us. That power that has been provided. That we have this promise. That we have a purpose. But we don't do it alone. That God gives us his power. The Holy Spirit is with us. God is, is with us. Think about how exciting that, that truly is, that we are powered by God. During the, the Tournament of Roses parade many years ago, uh, it was on New Year's Day, like always. There was a whole bunch of floats going down in this big parade. And at one moment, the parade came to a a sudden halt. Uh, Nobody knew exactly what was going on. And finally, it was figured out that one of the floats that had paused had ran out of gas. So the whole parade had to wait until one person ran off and came back with this little tiny can of gas and crawled up underneath this float and filled it up until it could get moving again. But the most embarrassing and hysterical element at the same time about this was that the company that was sponsoring and had put together the float was a gas and oil company. <laughs> and think about that for a minute. This beautiful huge float on display for everyone to see. But what happened? They forgot their most important resource. That which which they have complete access to, that which powers them. We as a church are are not much different sometimes in this venue uh, that we forget about the most important resource that we have that we forget that the Holy Spirit that that Christ live within each of us that we are powered by this great resource and that we are charged to be able to go out into the world and to be able to share that because we cannot properly power this mission on our own you know that mission I hope you do Leading people to follow Jesus. We don't say it because it's funny. We don't say it because it it sounds good. We don't say it because it fits on the bulletin well. We say it because that's our, our mission, right? Say it with me. Leading people to follow Jesus. Say it again. Leading people to follow Jesus. You know it. Are we doing it? Are we truly fulfilling the mission, again, that you're Pastoral staff has not given to you, your elders have not given to you, your board of directors has not given to you, that your Savior has given to you, leading people to be able to see and share His Son. It's a privilege that we have, a calling that is placed upon us. Can you hear God calling you? From the book of Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. As disciples of Christ, when we hear this, when we know that that mission, we answer in the exact same way. Lord, I, I hear you, send me. I don't know what I have to offer, but send me. I promise I will do these things with and through you because I know that I have the power living within me. We have been commissioned by our Lord to be able to do this. You know what a commissioning is, right? Think about it in terms of of art. When someone is specifically selected to be able to put together a great work or a great piece on the behalf of a specific owner to be able to show everyone else some great function of that organization or, or of that purpose. And so what medium has God blessed you with to be able to to paint that portrait of Christ? Are you a sculptor of salvation? Uh, Are you a a carver of compassion? Are you a a welder of the word? What has God given to you to be able to share? And how are you going to answer? Whom shall I send it? Who will go for us? The Lord says to us, you are that one. And we are to answer. Here we are, Lord, shepherds of, of the desert. Right? That's who you and I are. Shepherds of the desert. Send us. Send us. That's the most beautiful part about this commissioning. The fact that God cannot fail. That he gives us this promise. That he gives us this purpose. That he gives us this power. And he gives us freedom and forgiveness in the name and sacrifice of his one and only son. The Apostle Paul uh, puts it this way. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 to 23. And God placed all things under his feet, talking about Christ, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fulfills everything in every way. And we watch God fulfill this promise, do we not? As he places all of our sins under the feet of Christ on that day that he hangs upon the cross. As he places that, that crown upon his, his head. As he's mocked on our behalf. As this body for us is pierced by that spear. As he eventually dies and he goes to the grave for me and for you. But we too see the fulfillness of this one who fulfills everything that Paul talks about including a special promise that's received early one morning. You know the story. We're going to celebrate it in just a couple weeks from now. He's not here, uh, the angels say, as individuals come looking for him. Why? Because he has risen, the angel says, just as he said, just as he promised. This promise is one that God gives to you tonight that you can bank on. That you have a purpose here in our church and in the world to be able to share what Christ has come to do, not just for us, but for the entire world. And finally, we have this power of the Holy Spirit that resides within each one of us. Be a part of that 5%. Make our church a part of the 95% that shares. Being here tonight is great. This is amazing for our congregation, for us as individuals, to be together on a night like this, to be able to hear God's word. But we are now charged with the concept of taking this and going out. Who's that individual that you're going to bring to church in two weeks from now? Who's that individual that you're going to share Jesus with? You have that power. I know you have that passion. Let's do it together as shepherds of this desert. Let's pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, uh, again, when we hear this familiar verse, uh, we ask that you will make it alive within our hearts, uh, that we will be charged to boldly go out and share of the commissioning that you have placed upon us. We thank you for the, the trust and honor that you have given to us as your people and ask that we will be able to fulfill this mission in the best way possible according to your plan. Do this again, Lord, with and through us in glory of our Savior's name. Amen. At this time, we will speak together the words of the Apostles' Creed in announcing our faith together with one another. We begin.